Welcome to the Security Serengeti. We're your hosts, David Schwinninger and Matthew Keener. Stop what you're doing, subscribe to our podcast, leave us a lovely five-star review, and follow us at SerengetiSec on Twitter. We're here to talk more about cybersecurity, and each episode will focus on a specific topic or two of interest to the community. And today we're talking about the recent Forcer Wave paper on security analytics platforms. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone and do not reflect the views or opinions of our employers. So join us on the Security Serengeti as we navigate the wilds of the digital landscape and keep you one step ahead of the hacking lions. <laughs> so we were discussing this at uh, the AI-generated prompt before we started, and we were debating whether it should be one step ahead of the hackers or one step ahead of the lions, and that sent us off on a sideways tangent that ate up like 20 minutes of time. And so, but the, the long and the short of it is we put in a prompt into mid-journey for hackers in black hoodies running on all fours like a hyena on the African grasslands and check out our Twitter for the amazing result. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It, it, which will give you an idea what Matt's latest tattoo is going to look like. Oh my God. I might. It's that good. <laughs> a full, full chest tattoo. Be awesome. This is actually, <laughs> not, there's no way I'm doing that for a chest, <laughs> chest tattoo, but it's good. All right. So Forster Wave, pretty much everybody's familiar with the other company that does these types of research reports, the Gartner ones. Forster is a little different, a little interesting. thought we'd talk about this a little bit because I know security analytics platforms are near and dear to my heart, and I'm sure they are to David as well. Absolutely. Uh, so here's some, we've got some, a link to the report in the show notes. If you want to go, you know, pause, then go look over it with us or just, you know, ignore what we say and go look at it yourself. So for overall comments, they say, quote, the market is moving faster than it has in years. And the example they use here is how Microsoft has used their, quote, massive research budgets to quickly complete with Splunk. Compete um, with Splunk. Complete. <laughs> Compete with Pete. Splunk. Compete with Splunk. And that is, that is a kind of interesting to me because I didn't even know Microsoft had a SIM until a year or two ago. And they're already scoring very close to how Splunk is scoring. So I can see that. Um, they talk about how you need to be focusing on analyzing data instead of just sticking it in a pool and forgetting about it. There's a lot of stuff now that's cloud native. That's a big push. And they're talking about the combining analytics, investigation, automation, threat hunting, dashboards, and reporting into a single SIM, which is awesome because everybody wants that single pane of glass, number one. And number two, I fully agree that things like automation and threat hunting and user behavior analytics are all features. They're not separate tools. They all started off as separate tools and they're starting to be integrated and ingested into the SIM. And I am so very happy about that. I'm sick and tired uh, of every vendor being like, and now you have to go in here to look at all the information. No, I don't want to go in your tool. I don't ever want to go in your tool. You need to present all the data to me so that I can ingest it into my SIM and I never have to go into your tool. You're right. And one of the wrinkles here with that whole concept though, with it all being in the security analytics program, program is virtually none of these companies are actually writing these apps themselves and rolling them into their base tool. They're purchasing other vendors and then they're mm. doing the integration behind the scenes to integrate this other company's tool into their SIM or into so, their security analytics platform, however you want to couch it. Yeah. And that's actually one of the comments they made. One of their overall comments is that many of these providers aren't actually improving the analyst experience because of these acquisitions. You, even though you're in the same ecosystem or whatever, still feels like you're bouncing around between different apps because you are, they haven't fully integrated it yet. Yeah. I remember back when I was working with EPO, you know, all the McAfee agents that they have, those are all, all of them were products by other vendors. 
that they integrated into EPO, the HIDs, <laughs> the antivirus, all, well, except for the antivirus. The antivirus actually native to McAfee, but, you know, the HIPS, the host-based firewall, all those were other products that they had to integrate with it. And they had a process for doing those integrations where it would basically be a standalone agent and then they'd move a little bit more towards integration, a little bit more towards integration until eventually it ended up in EPO. But even then, until they rewrite the, rewrote the entire platform, it never really was fully integrated. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing they recommend is that you go for depth over breadth. And on one hand, I have mixed feelings. Well, not on one hand. I just have mixed feelings on this. For sure, like we've reached the point where we're not just trying to pull in all the logs. And this is both due to a lack of folks to analyze and build content for those logs, but also the cost, because a great many of these guys charge you based on the ingest and or the storage. But then on the other hand, since they charge you for the ingest and the storage, that really prevents you from having, there's there's always logs you're going to have to give up. There's always logs where you're like, man, I really wish that I had X log, but can't justify the cost. They also mentioned automation in the same, and I, I agree with this one, especially the default integrations in many SOAR platforms tend to only get you about 60% of the way there. They, they all say that they can get you all the way there, but they really all require quite a bit of customization there. Actually surprised that 60% is that I. I would have actually thought it was going to be less than that. I mean, that's an estimate. I didn't do a scientific you <laughs> analysis didn't. of how far it got, oh. how far it's gotten me in the past. I thought you were pulling that number from some authoritative source. Nope. Right out my beep. So, and their final recommendation is to look for vendors with a unique point of view, because apparently most of them do not have it. And in fact, when you go down and scroll through the little paragraph they wrote for each one of them. For most of them, they say that they're just writing like standard SEM. Their, their strategy is like just boring standard SEM stuff. So, yeah. Well, that unique point of view should also be good. <laughs> but they didn't say that. They just said unique. I know. That's why I have to put in the caveat. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. just says so there could be a reason it's unique because it's terrible. So, simply novelty isn't the only, the only way you should make your decision. So Forrester lists out how they rate, how they generated their rating for each of their, they, have, they rate them in three places. They rate them how good their current offering is, how good their strategy is, and then what their market presence is. Their current offering rating is split across 20, 20. separate categories. Way too many. Mm-hmm. So and many I don't categories. think they properly weighted these either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, some of them are like like investigation and correlation are 10% each, for example, but attack mapping is 1%. Like that. So if you have it or not, it contributes 1% to your total score. You might as well not include it at that point, right? Like, especially because these scores only go up to five. Although they do have two points. I'm sorry, they have three significant figures. So it's like 500 points. So that 1% is actually five points out of 500 points. Whether they have it or they don't have it is the difference between a 500 and a 495. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. They should have really whittled that down farther. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Yeah. So the, the strategy, the strategy is a little better. They only had one, two, three, four, five, six. So those are fine. And then market presence finally is just revenue and number of customers, which makes sense. So yeah, I and think, that's not actually waiting on the score either. That's just how big the circle gets on their graph. Yeah. So we talked about this in too many categories. I think the problem here though, is that different items are more important for different audiences. So for example, if you're the security operations manager, you may really care about how well it does case management, but case management is 1%. 
Like maybe for you, case management is 10 or 15% because you're replacing a ticketing system with this. For security engineering, maybe you care there about how many log collectors they have. How is it architected? You know, what's the deployment model? Is it easy or difficult to maintain? Threat Intel, you know, SOAR, et cetera, et cetera. They all have different viewpoints. And I feel like really what you want here is maybe you keep 20 different contributions, but they all contribute to different component scores. Yeah, because that's one thing that is not clear in the article is who their audience is. I assume that, the, I, I guess the assumption would be who any, anybody who's going to buy one of these things. But as Matt just said, they, they are necessarily bought for a uniform reason. But I think they should have broken those categories down into just like five or so into basically how people view the product. So how it runs and how you use it. So, you know, one, one set, one category for architecture, you know, does it scale? Does it have role-based access, et cetera? Bringing data into the platform, you know, how well does it do that? Or logging the enrichment, you know, has it integrate with the CMDB, MITRE, ATT&CK, et cetera? Uh, and then monitoring, you know, dashboards are learning UBA, which is how it's initially going to be used. And then moving from monitoring and investigation, once you find something, then from there into response. So I think, you know, how are you going to deploy it and then how it's going to be used primarily would have been the, a better way to go instead of all 20 of those nitnoid little categories. Yep. And also I noticed that strategy and current offering are each listed as 50%. I don't know that there should be equivalent. I think that current offering should be weighted a bit heavier, 75, 80%, something like that. Especially since vendors love to lie. Yeah. So the 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 Gardner Wave chart is on a two Forrester. axis. Forrester Wave, not Gardner. Ah, damn it! <laughs> They're gonna the lawyers are gonna come after you. Well, you can't get blood from a turnip. But Forrester has a two axis graph, and how it works today is the vertical, and how they see it working, or 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 the path to the future is is the horizontal. So they have to weight both of those at fifty percent, nor for the chart to come out properly, even though I think from most people's perspective, the way it currently works is more important than their strategy because their strategy could change at any minute, depending on the, the situation of the company and the environment. And when I say the environment, I mean the security environment overall, not necessarily for a particular organization. I guess, if, I guess it would be the security market. So the security market could change, which is going yeah. to cause them to change their strategy. Yeah. All right. So there are, I think, 14 vendors on here. And as much as I would love to go through them all in detail, excruciating detail, we are not. I'm sure so. our listeners would as well. Ah, so much fun. So I wanted to look at, I initially broke them down by the top current offering and the top strategy, but it, weirdly enough, it's the same four vendors in each. And actually, if you look at the wave, the wave goes up in a pretty, pretty noticeable. There's, there's like a best fit line that just goes directly across, which is a little weird to me. You'd think that at least one company would have a really strong current offering, but a weak strategy or a really strong strategy, but a weak current offering, but they're all generally balanced. If they have a strong offering, they also have a strong strategy. It's a little weird. But anyways. Oh, Although sorry. if you look at the chart, it does show that Elastic is a little bit skewed away from the pack yeah, as far as not... them having a better strategy than the rest. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple, there's a couple on the edges, of course, that you can say that about, but I, I still, I still, still, there's definitely like a best fit diagonal line that just cuts right through the middle there. So Splunk 4.24 for current offering. It's all threes and fives. So that makes sense. Pretty consistent. Splunk. We love Splunk. Simply provides the most and the widest variety of capabilities. 
And they specifically state, quote, that it best suits clients that are well-staffed and have a budget to match, which again, matches with my experience for sure. Splunk is a beast, but it requires a lot of love to make it purr. It's a powerful beast. So maybe like a rhino. <laughs> maybe we should have done rhinos for that rather than hyenas. Microsoft 3.9, mostly threes and fives, except for log collectors and administrative controls ones. So that really brought it down. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal. To be honest, yeah, the log, log collectors are yeah. one. I mean, well, if you can't get the logs uh, in, you know, how good is the rest of the product? Well, actually with their recommendation where it's best for large Azure deployments, that makes sense to me. Like they probably have really good log collectors and really good analytics for Windows related data. In other words, for their own, Microsoft <laughs> is really good at their own stuff as usual and terrible yeah. at everybody else's yeah. because of their giant ego. Yeah, so they had a they had a couple interesting callouts here. Apparently, their sim has the ability to evaluate the return on investment of IOC feeds. That's super interesting. Actually, in thinking about it, that doesn't seem like that would be hard to do, because uh, pretty much many of these platforms have the ability to feed indicators in, and then you could go look at the alerts and look at how many alerts that came from that feed were marked as true positive. That would be a really interesting metric. Yeah, you. I mean, I think in these other platforms, you could probably run a report that would give you. A yeah, you could output. create a metric that does it. It's just not native to the the platform. Yeah, and I didn't even think about it until reading about it. So that's got some value too. They also said that the SOAR is within the alert, which is really interesting because a lot of these other platforms, you have to pivot off the alert to get to the SOAR. What's that mean? Like the button is on the same page, or I'm not sure exactly what that means. Hold on, let me make me. What did it specifically say? So oh, playbooks can be executed directly within the alert streamlining analyst workflow. Yeah. So there's a button. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so in Splunk, for example, I've, I've played a little bit with Splunk. You have to go to, because they purchased Phantom and they're working on integrating, which actually kind of goes back to what you're saying about McAfee. So alerts and Splunk are in the enterprise security app, but Phantom's a separate app. So you have to pivot between them, which is a little annoying. So I'm sure that'll change. Uh, like you can add stuff into the the actions in Splunk Enterprise Security, but it's still. Yeah, I think it really depends on how you do the do your work, though. Because in my opinion, the alert should end up in a case management tool, and then the case management tool is where you should have your SOAR integrations at to execute your workflows from the case management tool. Uh, well, they're trying to build in their case management tools here. So but they're, they're not. One of the, so, well, no, you're right. Actually, I'm looking at the case management, which again is 1% of the thing. And it's 15111313. So which one had a five? Elastic had a five for case management. That's interesting. Where's Splunk on this? No, Splunk's not on this one. Let me scroll to the other one for Splunk, figure out where Splunk is on case management. Five and a five. That is Microsoft and Splunk. So Splunk has a five for case management. Really? Yeah. Mm. I actually haven't used enterprise I, security for case management, so. I would I would disagree with that. <laughs> All right. IBM, 3.36 for key radar. It's mostly threes, but there's two ones. One for biz dashboard and reporting and one for related business functions. Just nebulous. Well, I bet that's like IT, like, like looking for IT errors and stuff, which Splunk started off as kind of their bread and butter. Well, I mean... That's the, that, well, that goes back to what we were talking about for who's buying this for what purpose. Yeah. Because what they're doing really, because it used to be that you'd have your SIM 
and it pulled data from a log management platform. And now effectively what they're trying to say here is that your log management platform and your SIM are the same thing versus having them separate. So the log management platform before would be designed for log management, maintaining the log searchability, log, et cetera. And then you'd tack your SIM onto that, pull that data out into the SIM and make the magic happen and then get your stuff out of there. But if you front end your log management with a SIM and aren't considering it from the log management perspective, I think that's going to leave a lot of people out in the cold, to be honest. That's fair. So there's flexible pricing. Apparently there's three ways to price it. You can do users token model, which I'm not sure what that is, or events per second. They state that a majority of its product team is dedicated to innovation, which I don't know if that means that it's a little weaker on the current performance, but yeah. The use case builder is still pretty old. I think they specifically said it feels like it's from the 1990s. There is a built-in UBA, although you cannot edit the scoring, so not too customizable. It does have top quality log collectors and something the reference customer said is apparently the best thing about it is having access to IBM security experts. They used the word, quote, rock stars. Interesting. Because I'm wondering what, you know, in what context are they relying on IBM for advice on instant response or? Uh, yeah, or I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't, they don't specifically call out what they're advising them on. Finally, the number four is elastic for current offering. That's almost a full point below Splunk. Splunk was a 4.24, Elastic's a 3.26. So quite a lot of drop off on that first one. Elastic is mostly threes, some fives, and three ones. UBA and SOAR and compliance capabilities, which makes sense. They have not purchased any products to integrate for UBA or SOAR. Well, they're probably going to roll their own, I'm guessing. That makes sense given the way they've done. Yeah. I actually, it's funny. I was looking at this and I was like, Elastic is a SIM? Elastic is a SIM. But then I was reminded when I was researching of Elk, Elastic, Logstash, and Kibana, which this this one more closely replicates what you were talking about before, having the SIM as a front end for a log, for a log, log specific application. So some of the standout features for them is API for detection as code. Does that mean the API part or the detection as code part? No. Yeah. Detection mm. as code. So this is something that I had never heard of until Splunk.com this summer. And what it is, is they're, they're, when they're talking about detection as code, they're talking about standardizing detections in a language and then treating them like a software product where, you know, it's stored with version control and something like GitHub. Uh, it's oh, pushed okay. to production after testing. It's automatically kind of tested and validated. Right. So what they're talking about then is they're talking about content development mm. in a content development pipeline. Yes. Okay. And that's the ability actually, to push it via API, which is awesome. That's actually really good. Yeah. When I saw that, when I saw that production, on the, when I saw that presentation at .conf about this, I was amazed and it just why it's a tough one because it's coming from a, a coding background and it's a real mental change and it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's definitely, I definitely think it's the future for detection engineering for sure. Send me the talk number on that. Let's see if I can find it. Well, you don't have to do it now. Alerts are data and can be analyzed in the same way. This is very similar to how other events handle it, like Splunk. You put your question here about Splunk Notable. Yes, this is just like a Splunk Notable event going into an index. So it's not completely unique, but it is apparently different than the way many of the other SIMs handle it. Yeah, it's probably easier, more easily done or more seamless, probably. And then data visualizations, or I thought Kibana did the data visualizations in the Elk stack. I didn't know Elastic did its own, but apparently they're good. No idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't. 
I've used elk like twice. I've never even seen it, so I have no idea what it looks like. But there was there's there were some like classes or trainings that I took that used it. So they said that the elk or I'm sorry, elastic was best suited for security engineering heavy companies that want a customizable project product. Right. So in other words, expect to spend a lot of engineering hours getting this to work the way that you want it to work. So basically it's it's you can get out of it, but you have to put a lot of work into it. Yeah. So under top strategy vendors, only a few got higher than a three and it's the same as the current products. I'm not going to dive into too much detail here. Elastic was scored the highest for strategy when their big planned enhancements are for risk scoring and automation, which makes sense because the two biggest gaps they have were UBA and SOAR. So that makes complete sense. A Splunk got fives under most of its items. The only one that it really had a one under was the commercial model, which I think is hilarious, of course, because... That's a common complaint about Microsoft got a one under commercial model as well. And IBM just got straight threes everywhere. You're just okay. Fine. No one gets fired for hiring IBM, right? You know, the, the one thing that, that, that stands out in what you just went through though, is that, uh, what they call it out in Alaska, elastic shortcomings are what elastic is working on. So elastic, unlike the other three, seems to know what its problems are mm. and is actively working to, to remedy those issues. Now you're just talking crazy. As I want to do, so. <laughs> All right. So, so I picked out the three lowest scores, which I found were interesting because some of them I've actually been seeing some traffic on recently. Devo is the current lowest, the lowest current offering score where they're <laughs> offering virtually no not, market share. No market share as well. They said the, the offering doesn't match the vision. Quote, Devo has a vision to deliver on the autonomous sock, but they point out that none of the current capabilities match autonomous sock at all. They said that it's several years behind the market. It has no UBA. It has no SOAR and difficult to use rule creation, which again, autonomous sock, SOAR and UBA are pretty important. Detection as code is pretty important, like automation throughout the platform. The one bright spot they said is that Devo offers 400 days of hot storage, which is really interesting because I don't remember which one of them, but one of them, it said that if it was in cold storage, you had to open up a ticket to move it out of cold storage. That was Securonics. It's, that is unbelievable. That is ugly for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So LogPoint was one of the lowest, but they did point out for LogPoint, it does have the lowest total cost of ownership. It is straightforward and easy to use and is specifically targeted at mid-sized enterprises. And this is something that I have been thinking about a lot lately. I used to just think that Splunk was just the best. We should just always use Splunk, blah, blah, blah. And then we talked about XDR, God, like a year and a half ago. And I've been thinking a lot more on that. And I, I do think there's actually a pretty sizable market for stuff like this, where it doesn't involve a ton of engineering. It comes pre-configured with pretty good content. And it can be used by an enterprise that, you know, only has two security engineers. Right. So actually LogPoint, you know, based on this summary, I think might be someone to watch. Yeah, yeah. They actually, uh, I think they were, if I, if I remember, hold on, I'm going to scroll back up. They have a, they're on the right side, which shows that their strategy is a stronger strategy. So yeah, so that, that is kind of interesting. They're on the bottom side of that line, like elastic. So the second lowest score was Trellix, but unlike Devo, 
Trellix actually has a fairly high revenue and a fairly high number of customers. About like it looks about the same as Microfocus, which is ArcSight and Exabeam. And this is the new company formed by FireEye and McAfee combining. I actually didn't recognize it and <laughs> to read that. It's merging the FireEye, Helix, and McAfee ESM products. And they said it had a tedious UI, end quote, and it was more expensive than its competitors. More expensive than Splunk? It's said uh, than competitors, I don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think right now it sounds like my first impression from the this paper on these guys is they're where they're at because of name recognition. Mm, that uh, explains um, the high penetration. Yeah, and we'll see if that bears out in the next in the coming years since they're 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 new in the in the space to see if they they actually catch up to these other guys or if they end up just languishing back here because they really can't follow through and have a captured market or customer base. I imagine that the merging of the two products is probably going to hold them back for at least a year or two while they spend significant development cycles getting those matched up. Yeah, if they can pull it off. Like I said, we'll just have to watch them, <laughs> see what happens. It's going to be a standard McAfee integration. <laughs> so by the end of the decade, be ready. So uh, other call-outs, I, I had three others here that I thought were a little bit interesting. Well, two of them. I think David added one. So Secure Onyx, they said that their big thing was being cloud-first, and they focus so heavily on being cloud-first that they have not been updating their other capabilities. So once, they, once, they, once, they, once they're in the cloud, then they'll start fixing everything else? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're expecting them to rapidly catch up on the other other capabilities. Uh, maybe. Know. Could just be a matter of focus. You know, they just need to just pivot pivot their focus from all the work they're doing on cloud to the other parts. Well, it does say that, uh, for example, they're focusing on OT, IoT monitoring, vertical specific features, cloud monitoring, and XDR. So that's interesting. They plan, that's their planned enhancements. Huh. So yeah, maybe they're chasing a different group than the than, than typical enterprises. Oh, that could be. And there's someone we know who swears up and down that Securonix is awesome. And it may be. And it may be. Exabeam, the other one. UBA is a, quote, shining star for them, but limited capabilities otherwise. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Exabeam would even be considered to be a data analytics platform. I thought it was just UBA, but it sounds like they're trying to do the opposite of Splunk. Splunk acquired a UBA and integrated it, and they start off as UBA, and they're trying to build a data analytics platform. Yeah. I've I've had quite a few conversations with Exabeam where where they, they, they want people to use them as a SIM, even though they're known as a UBA. Hmm. See, so here's a quote that's unbelievable. A reference customer noted that dot, 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 Bringing in alerts from other technologies can be delayed by up to 24 hours. That's not acceptable for a sim. No. And it is. Whew. They said yeah. Exabeam best suits clients looking for robust UBA capabilities, but more experienced and technical teams should look elsewhere. Damn. And then final one. I don't know if you want to talk about this one. And the last one is microfocus. And the reason that this one is mentioned is this used to be ArcSight. I didn't even know that. I was like, who the heck is micro? I've never heard of this one before. Yeah, so so they went from a, a market leader, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and now they're way down towards the bottom as a contender. And it seems like they should not even they they've they've fallen and now they're trying to get up. So we'll we'll see. But considering that they mentioned that they're still using their thick client, I'm skeptical that these guys are gonna go anywhere. No one Gosh. wants a thick client anymore. That's that's a dead that's a dead horse, right? Yeah, I woof. 
I haven't heard anything about ArcSight in years. Like they, they, oof, yeah. All right. Well, that is our review of the wave. It looks like we hit the time about right without going into too much detail. So thank you for tuning in to the Security Serengeti podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving landscape of cybersecurity. We hope you found our discussions insightful and informative, and you have a better understanding of how to protect yourself and your organization online. Follow us at SerengetiSec on Twitter so that you can see our lovely picture of hackers running through the Serengeti like hyenas. And subscribe on your favorite podcast app.